You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined this time by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, how hungover are you on a scale of 1 to 10 from that incredible Lakers victory over the Celtics? You know, I don't drink, but um, getting to watch that, yeah, yeah, I, I am very tired. It's uh, it's the first week of school and staying up to watch that game and then having to get all my homework done. I, I, would, say, I would say I'm the, the equivalent of hungover. That was the lamest thing you could have possibly said. Like, I got to say on brand, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I am not hungover, but my voice is, is I'm, I'm, apparently it's cool to get the flu twice. Like, apparently that's, that's a thing nowadays. When Wait, you're, you're sick again? Yeah, like I, last night as I was going to bed, it was just I started like hacking up three different lungs. It was, it was, it was not ideal. It was not ideal. Uh, but we're going to get through this podcast. We have, we actually have some stuff to talk about. Uh, we, we will allude a little bit to the game. We will allude to some rumors. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is apparently on the Cavs radar. Contavious Caldwell Pope is kind of sort of on the New York Knicks radar. So we have, we have plenty of stuff to get us through this show today. You ready, Harrison? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be, Anthony. <laughs> All right. As always, make sure you guys are following following the show on. Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, where Harrison writes, Lakers Outsiders, where I write. Harrison is at HM Fagan on Twitter. I am at Anthony Irwin LA on Twitter. Let's go ahead and get to the first bit that we wanted to touch on. I, honestly, I think this is, we'll start with the actual news, right? We'll start with, with the tangible stuff that is actually going on. Genie Bus appeared on. Uh, he's she's she's kind of doing another one of those media cycles where she went on the buckets thing with Rob, uh, what's his face from Twitter, and Ca- Cassidy Hubbard. Solid attribution. Rob, yeah. what's his face from Twitter and Cassidy Hubbard. Worldwide Wob. Everybody will know that better than, than yeah. But he's the guy who tweets out like videos of NBA plays like shot with a smartphone in all caps. Somehow your accreditation is 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 on par with mine <laughs> i was helping i was helping expand the attribution uh but yeah genie bus is going out there she's she's made a couple appearances she went on there and then she also went on america's lakers podcast with jay moore and aaron larswell and those guys over there we are podcast we, we are actually uh, i would like to formally announce that we are canada's lakers podcast well so. I, I would say that that's a possibility except for that that canadian accent that i did the other day they actually well no but i'm actually down. canadian so yeah but they turned us down they said that that was so bad that we, we can't is that why they took away my universal health care i knew it mm-hmm. yeah so that's we can be we can be mexico's we'll be mexico's uh Lakers podcast. Does this mean I have to learn to speak Spanish because this is already going to be a failure? <laughs> we'd be like 
don't know. What what's another I don't know. Can we be London's Lakers podcast? Well the good news is though, like if we were Mexico's Lakers podcast, we we used to eat all the time at La Barca. You like you like Mexican food. I like That's margaritas. True. I am but, half like, Mexican. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna undeclare my personal independence from Britain and uh like we are now we are now also Great Britain's Lakers podcast. Also Uzbekistan. All hail the king. Like all, all randomly Uzbekistan huge huge supporters of the Los Angeles. We actually do have like a surprisingly high listenership from Australia. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway, Australia's Lakers podcast also. So so all of that adds up to <laughs> really nothing. But we're going to talk about what Jeannie Buss said about Luke Walton, and apparently she is a fan. In hashtag in Luke we trust, in in Luke she trusts, and uh, I think that's that. I mean, I I don't think he necessarily needed a vote of confidence, but it's it's one of those things that it's good to have, right? Yeah, I mean, at this point, the Lakers they had they had hit a little bit of a rough patch before when all those rumors popped up, but since then they've won seven of their last nine. They're on a three game winning streak uh, without Lonzo Ball who like they had previously been winless without. And so I, I think I think it's like you said, they he doesn't necessarily need the vote of confidence, but getting it, I think this is them just really hammering home, hey, stop talking to LeVar Ball about who like whether or not our coach has lost the locker room. We don't care. He is like this is our coach. Like and the, this is probably like a message somewhat to the players as well. Like, hey, Luke is our guy. This is who we're rolling with. And like her, her quote was real quick, but it was really strong. She just said, Luke Walton is the Lakers coach, period. There's no worrying about it. There's no speculation. He has done a terrific job. He's somebody that the entire front office and the organization is behind. That does not leave wiggle room where she can be like, you know, Luke Walton is the Lakers coach under contract or something like that. She right, didn't say or, that. But things can change. Right. Yeah, there are ways that like there are ways that owners do these votes of confidence and kind of also dither around it. But like she, she wasn't playing around. The Luke is her coach, like you said. Hashtag and Luke she trusts. Just ask Ty Lu how nice it would be to get an actual vote of confidence from the owner or LeBron or the same person. Uh, it, yeah, it was... Dan Gilbert just like in Comic Sans probably sends back like a Ty who lol. <laughs> He he just at, at this point I feel like Dan Gilbert is just sending multiple texts per hour to LeBron asking how things are going. Like I, I they, think LeBron has blocked Dan Gilbert's number. I, I was reading somewhere that somebody was saying LeBron has not mentioned used Dan Gilbert's name in a public interview since coming back to the Cavs. I've said that multiple times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then maybe it was you. Yeah, they they are not on speaking terms. It is not a good relationship that they have over there, and and it extends over to to Ty Lue and. And I thought the the most important thing that Jeannie Buss said in that in that small bit about Luke Walton is actually going to come up here in a second. We're gonna I'm, I'm going to talk about that here in a second. So Jeannie was 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 especially strong, as you said, and, and left zero wiggle room. But to me, the thing that that spoke loudest from her her brief statement about Luke Walton was that. The entire organization is behind him, right? It's it's the front office believes in him. The players believe in him. Uh, she believes in him. That they're on a united front. And we and and we were joking about Ty Lue, but that is not the case, right? It, it, if LeBron wakes up tomorrow morning and says, "Hey, I, I think we could be doing better than we have that we have been under Ty Lue," 
uh, Ty Lue would find himself on a fighter jet alongside David Blatt, right? And they'd be he'd be his assistant coach out there in Turkey. They could be the new like they they could make a Top Gun sequel with yeah. Ty Lue and David Blatt, but a reality show. Oh man, who's gonna be the the dude who dies by? Oh, it's, it's probably Blatt when Ty Lue stabs him in the back again. <laughs> it's actually his name would change to David Splatt in. in oh no. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, Anywho. on on the Luke Walton thing, like yeah, I mean, getting the vote of confidence from the front, like I just, I think the way that that rumor was phrased about David Fisdale from a couple weeks ago, it always made it sound, to me at least, like eh, that this was speculation from outside of the organization. But I think this is the stuff that gets lost in translation sometimes when we aggregate things, because when thing, and I, by we, I'm using the royal we, just we as the media. And so I think that sometimes, like, because things have to get distilled into a headline, like, the headline comes off as, like, Luke Walton's job is in jeopardy. Whereas, like, the real report was that there are people outside of the Lakers, like, league insiders, so people who would have some inkling, but not the Lakers, that are necessarily questioning this. It's people who would maybe know thinking that the Lakers are potentially doing this. And so it was like, that was kind of how the report was phrased. But I think that when things get distilled sometimes into that tight headline, it gets lost in translation a little bit because people don't really know how to read or like to read a lot of the time. And they just look at it or have time to read and they just look at a headline and they just are like, oh, like Luke Walton's job is in jeopardy when like it, it was a little bit more complicated than that. It was it was coming from Windhorse, right? Windhorse was the one who linked Fisdale to the Lakers, and and look, and he to be clear, like he said that it was like people in the league think this, like right. not he he never said people within the Lakers. Well, he I I don't think he has sourcing from within the Lakers. That's not his I, job. I doubt he does too. That's not like really. I'm sure I'm sure he knows some people. He's a national guy now, but his sourcing has always like you know the majority of it, he he's a Cleveland guy. He's and a like LeBron he, guy. He, he's an he, NBA guy now. Like, he has sourcing elsewhere. Like, he's been around long enough. He's a national NBA reporter. But, like, the, he did not make his bones as a Lakers reporter. He, he, to me, all right, so I think, I think what, it, what it came off to me was he's a LeBron guy. Fizdale is also a LeBron guy. Fizdale is now all of a sudden available. The Lakers are willing to bend over backwards for the mere opportunity to sign LeBron. And he just, yeah, I would imagine he asked a couple people around the league, hey, do you think this is a possibility? They said, yes. Okay, cool. I have this report, right? And, and it never, it never the, the Fisdale thing never felt all that real to me. It was when Lonzo was asked about it and he said, well, I'll play for anybody. Um, that didn't go over very well for, for very many people. And you combine that with, with the continued LeVar Ball headlines and you – Add that to the silence from Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka. And, and it's nice now that through Mike Bresnahan, Rob Palenka has said that Luke Walton is, is here to stay and that he has all the confidence in the world in Luke Walton. And then now Jeannie Buss has said that Luke Walton is here to stay and she has all the confidence in the world. And, and then the other thing, too, that bears, that bears mentioning here, too, is that Luke has been doing a much better job recently. Right, I, I I think it's it's fair to say that he's noticed that Tyler Ennis is is not the guy. Uh, Ennis only played 14 minutes last night. It looks like he's trying to find any other option other than that. And the Lakers are able to tread water here without Lonzo Ball, and and that is in part due to Luke's continued progression as an NBA head coach, which 
was always going to happen in only his second year in that position. So I, I, I don't think at, at this point we could probably put all of these rumors to rest. It's it's he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And and frankly, he was never I didn't think going anywhere anytime soon. But now this is a it, this is the kind of thing that it's good to hear from ownership or the front office. It would have been nice to get it from Magic, seeing as that's kind of what he was hired to do. I think he might still be trapped in that Hawaiian bomb shelter. It, it might be. Have we heard from him since then? I have that's not. What I'm saying. I have not. I, can we? Magic, can somebody check on Magic? Yeah, can, Magic. Are you okay? Can somebody like go to Hawaii and make sure that Magic made it home all right? Like I think he's only sent out a couple tweets too, and it was of the, the uh, even the Wi-Fi is probably real spotty in there. I'm just saying. I would imagine so. Also, Magic, when you come back, don't skip like leg day. Like you, you even it out a little bit, but okay. Right. Like <clears throat> why would that matter? So, so you mentioned that like one of the reasons that the Lakers have been able to stay afloat was Luke Walton kind of finding things that worked, and I think one of those things that he's found that's worked so far over the last several games has been Jordan Clarkson, who, like, this kind of leads us into our next thing. Their reports may not uh, may not be around too much longer. Yep, Jordan Clarkson. So uh, yesterday it was Brian Windhorst saying that the Cavs were talking to the Lakers. And, and again, so we just spent the last kind of segment that the last topic was talking about how little sourcing Windhorst has with the Lakers. He does have t- that we a know ton. Of. Well, yes. But it, he does have a ton of sourcing with the Cavs. So if if he's saying that the Cavs have had conversations with the Lakers, I, I I think we can take his word for it for sure, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. And so so that's that's worth mentioning as well. But Jordan Clarkson is apparently on the the Cavs radar. Uh, I kind of put together what a trade might look like, uh, considering the pieces that the Cavs are looking to trade for George Hill. Would you be interested in that? Uh, I did not see this this theoretical trade, but while you pull it up to read it to me, I just like I don't want to say that Kobe Altwin is a locked on Lakers listener, but if you are Kobe, thanks, second greatest Kobe to uh, be around this podcast. But I, I may have I may have gaslighted this one into happening when Jared came on the show on Sunday. We were kind of talking about the Cavs might be a fit for Clarkson because they're a team that wants to get better and probably isn't that concerned about the cap implications of dealing for a player. And Clarkson's a guy that can help you. And if you don't have to give up much, which the Lakers, by all accounts, don't want much, they probably just want an expiring deal and to get out from under that salary, that seems like a very potential win-win thing. So, since Isaiah Thomas has come back, the Cavs have kind of fallen off of a cliff, right? I mean, both on the court and then off the court. And then you have this this talk that Isaiah Thomas was the one challenging Kevin Love about Love missing time because he got sick or something like that. And and Isaiah. Thomas do you think that somebody that was on Love's side yelled back at him, "What's Love got to do with it?" Probably, yeah. I would say. I would say yeah. is, there's a chance. There's a chance, uh, but. I don't think I don't think Isaiah Thomas is 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 going to fit into the Cleveland Cavaliers long term goals here, right? So this is where I started with the Jordan Clarkson to Cleveland trade talk. So you ready for this? As ready as I ever am for one of your trade proposals, to be honest. <laughs> so Clarkson goes to Cleveland. Okay. Coming back to Los Angeles are Isaiah Thomas, Derrick Rose. And Jose Calderon. 
Okay, so Rosen Calhoun would immediately get waived. I don't even think they have to step on the airplane. They could just they could just Uber to their next generation. It would be like his forty five minute stint with the Golden State Warriors last year. Yeah, no, neither of those guys would ever come close to to rocking purple and gold again. You think Rose too? No, I yeah, Rose yeah, also. Okay. The, yeah, the, um, the only guy that you know, from the from the Cavs side. How of things long is, that, I, is Isaiah? It's free agent this summer. He's a free agent. Yeah, then I mean, I could definitely see the Lakers doing that. I think that's like, but at the same time, I don't know if the Cavs would do that. Like, are they willing to give up on Isaiah Thomas this quickly when he was supposed to be like the big piece of that Kyrie trade? Especially when, um, you know, like he's obviously shown much more at the NBA level than Clarkson ever has, and so you hope maybe as he gets healthy that he's able to get a little bit back to that. And then also, like that Brooklyn pick is not looking as good as it was before. And so they may, like, not be too motivated to make it look like they traded Kyrie for Jordan Clarkson and a mediocre draft pick. I'm going to explain why I think this actually makes sense for the Cavs as well uh, here in a second. Frankly, I just don't—I don't think Isaiah Thomas is the kind of player who you can play alongside LeBron, uh, just flat out. He's not good enough defensively. Basically, the, the kind of point guard that you need is a a a good defender who can hit catch and shoot three pointers whenever LeBron turns a corner and the the defense helps and he has to find somebody to to hit a three pointer for. That's why Jose Calderon was working so well with them earlier on this season was and he's not a good defender but he's he's probably still better than Isaiah Thomas. But basically, he does he doesn't need the ball to to be successful. He just st- stood over there in the corner. He spaced the floor, and the Cavs looked probably their best this season with Jose Calderon as as the 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 point guard, the de facto point guard, while LeBron dominated the ball, right? And and Isaiah Thomas is none of those things. He's, but then, how does Jordan Clarkson help with that? Well, he's a better defender than than Isaiah Thomas. I think by okay. a lot. I, I think by a lot too. Isaiah Thomas might be the worst defensive player of the last fifteen years. He's too small. He just he, he anybody can shoot over him. He doesn't he doesn't move his feet particularly well. He just frankly last year was a huge anomaly for him, and so I, I, he just he's just not a useful player for that Cavs team. And Clarkson for for everything that he is right now, or that 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 we've complained about Clarkson, he has shown an ability to at least knock down three pointers. He has the length to become maybe a better defensive player, right? Like, like the conversation that I had with John Corrales out there in Vegas was the debate of, well, wait, Kyrie Irving is capable of being a, a decent defensive player. He just hasn't wanted to to that point, whereas Isaiah Thomas is just flat out incapable of being a good defensive player or a decent defensive player. And so Clarkson is at least capable of, of filling in 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 ways that Isaiah Thomas cannot and and the but other does thing he too, make them good enough defensively like does he help them enough to make it worth making that deal like uh, in the perception of that deal I don't know I, I think the perception of the deal is, is shot at this point right and, well, and the, the best like, asset that they that they got back in that trade was always a Brooklyn pick. It was never Isaiah Thomas. No, for sure it was. But I think the Brooklyn pick looks a little bit more middling. And I think that there might be a, reticent, a, a reticence with the Cavs to 
trade Isaiah Thomas, this guy who has like obviously a much more established NBA reputation, and sometimes with players that's as important as anything, uh, than Jordan Clarkson. And where they say, like, they're like, all right, LeBron, we're going into your last playoff run maybe as a Cav, and uh, we brought you Jordan Clarkson, so. Well, it, this would this would accompany the George Hill trade. Like, this wouldn't okay. be their only move. It, so, would be in, it would be in conjunction with that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean th- that's, why, that's why I didn't include, like, Channing Frye's expiring deal or Iman Shumpert's, uh, Iman Shumpert's deal that ends next offseason, right? Because those guys are, are reportedly going to Sacramento in a George Hill trade. Okay, I feel you. Um, I mean, I think I think it's unlikely just for all of the perception reasons and all of that. Like the, the like the national consensus would be the Lakers won that trade, even as bad as Isaiah Thomas is playing right now. Because and I think that for a new GM and Kobe Altman, I don't know that like he would there would be the stomach there to make a trade like that that he's going to possibly get lambasted for unless you know unless it works out. Yeah, I, I just I to me, if I'm the Cavs, and this isn't this isn't groundbreaking analysis here, but if I'm the Cavs, I do whatever I possibly can to either A make sure that LeBron sticks around, or B gives me something to hang on to in the case that he leaves. And this, in my opinion, does both. Because I don't like I said, and look, it's too bad because Isaiah Thomas was one of the better stories last season. And and his out of nowhere appearance was really fun, and when he's at his absolute best, he is one of the more fun players to watch in the NBA because of because it's it's the novelty to it is is pretty insane, right? With all of that said, though, I'm I'm legitimately concerned about both the chemistry stuff and the on court fit alongside LeBron. So I don't think I don't think Isaiah Thomas is going to help LeBron stick around in, in Cleveland, and if he isn't going to, then what's he really there for? And if LeBron does leave, at least then you have a young, talented guard in Jordan Clarkson under contract for the next two years that you could hopefully maybe pair with that Brooklyn pick, whatever it turns out to be. Yeah, I mean that is a you're making that sound like it's a good thing for the Cavs. That is a bleak bleak scenario well, I, lebron leaving was is never going to, <laughs> to, to be but that is like that is like you're like you're out here describing the mad max wasteland and making it sound like like but your tone implies that it's disneyland uh i was in sales so. yeah <laughs> if if i wasn't really listening it would have worked on me <laughs> Uh, the other the other name that that you and I didn't really talk about before we went on the air, but but Contavious Caldwell Pope has been kind of sort of linked to the Knicks. The thinking is that they want to to pursue him as a free agent this year because he will only be twenty five. I don't think they'll have to come close to his current eighteen million dollars salary to to sign him this upcoming year. But they don't have very eighteen dollars. <laughs> they I don't they don't have very much uh, salary cap space this this upcoming offseason so the thinking is maybe they try to pursue him in before the deadline and they try to to re-sign him using any kind of bird rights that they can get by acquiring him before he becomes a free agent what what kind of deal would you hope for with a kcp 
having not really looked at the Knicks roster or their future draft considerations, because you didn't warn me we were going to talk about this before we go on the air, I would say just in generalities, like, I think if you're the Lakers, you just, at that point, you want to get, like, some type of pick back for him or something like a second rounder or something like that. Um, and, you know, be, and that doesn't sound like much. And I think that the only problem when you're doing that is that you're potentially, like, trading this, like, the whole, like, not the whole point of signing KCP, but a big point of it was, and a big selling point was, hey, let's get in Rich Paul's good graces. And if you ship him off to the Knicks at midseason and force the dude to leave his family in L.A., uh, I don't know that that necessarily, unless, like, it's a it's a KCP-endorsed thing, like, yes, I would like you to trade me there because I might resign there. And they're, like, behind-the-scenes back-channeling going on there. If this is just something that's, like, kind of out of the blue, then I don't really think that there's enough upside to potentially risk the downside of, like, hey, let's piss off LeBron's agent right before he goes into free agency. Like, that doesn't necessarily kill the Lakers' chances, but it, it, at that point, it's like, well, then why did you do the whole, we're gonna just going to give the keys to KCP for half the season anyway? Yeah, I, I think you have to talk to KCP's agent. You have to talk to Rich Ball. And you have to make sure that, hey, would he be okay? He has the opportunity, he being KCP, to go to New York. I, he, we probably aren't going to re-sign him uh, if that is the case. If the Lakers don't think they're going to re-sign him, you send him to New York where he has the opportunity to be re-signed for a longer-term deal. He plays in a, in a large market out there in New York. He plays on what should be a playoff team, right? They, the Knicks would add him to, to bolster their playoff chances, which, and, which and might enable KCP to earn a little bit more money for himself because you get that kind of playoff bonus, not the actual playoff bonus, but the bonus that comes with if you have any kind of success in a playoff atmosphere, you tend to see a little bump in what a player is worth. On or the, on he's the seen market. as like the fuel that that led to it. Yeah, and those those are the selling points I would talk to Rich Paul using if I were Magic and Palenka. Uh, but you're, I, you're, this is Disneyland voice. This is Disneyland voice. Here I go. Uh, but <laughs> if I wasn't sick, I would impersonate uh, Mickey Mouse, which I can actually do. Um, but <clears throat> dang it, just the mere thought, my my throat was like, nope, not happening. This is great I, audio content. Just you coughing into the mic <laughs> saying that you were going to do a Mickey Mouse impression. Uh, but, <laughs> but but the uh, the Knicks don't really line up with what the Lakers need. They don't have very many expiring deals that make sense for the Lakers. The reason KCP is on his current contract right now is because it expires this upcoming offseason. And the Lakers would be looking for any kind of, of continued salary help or salary space help this upcoming offseason and and nothing the Knicks have to really offer helps in that regard so I don't I don't really see a partnership here unless it's a three-team deal that helps the Lakers net another couple expiring deals this upcoming uh, summer I just don't see it really working out with the Knicks and the Lakers yeah I think the report was always that they were interested in him in free agency and I I, I don't I don't anticipate a midseason deal with KCP. No, I, I don't. I don't either. There was another. So I basically, when I <clears throat> wrote about KCP uh, as a possibility as a as a trade acquisition, it was because you had that report from I think it was Stefan Bondi from 
the New York Daily News, and he was saying that maybe the 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 Knicks were going to pursue him in free agency, and then Ian Bagley wrote that the Knicks are debating whether they want to continue to try to add to their roster, and they still do need wings. So here's a couple options, and it was one of those kind of reports. That was that was kind of the thinking with KCP. But again, it's just that the two teams, what the two teams will be looking for, well, what the Lakers will be looking for, the the Knicks don't have to offer. So I don't I, from the standpoint of, uh, from the standpoint of what you talked about with Rich Paul, from the standpoint of the Lakers do still want to be able to present a a decent team that can win games down the stretch. KCP does help in that regard, uh, and and if you just take on expirings for in another expiring deal, there's a good chance that the expirings that you get aren't going to be nearly as good on the court as KCP has been. Uh, so it's just it, it just doesn't make much sense. I don't think I don't think KCP gets moved before the day, trade deadline. And that's the other thing with Clarkson too is it goes back to we were talking about do the Lakers really want to impact the perception of their team by like knocking a few wins off by moving this guy who's helped them win games, you know? Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting to see whether Isaiah Thomas in a different role on a different team would have more success than he sat out there in Cleveland. Uh, but but I... We who, know he loves playing with multiple point guards, Anthony. Who do you think is a better player right now, Jordan Clarkson or Isaiah, or, or Isaiah Thomas? I mean, I, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Isaiah since he came back with the Cavs, but... I just think, like, based on track record, I, I just think Thomas is going to be... Like, if he starts to recover at all, then he's a better player than Jordan Clarkson. Maybe currently, like, this week, Clarkson has been playing better than him. But, you know, we've also seen a lot of weeks where Clarkson has not played very well. Who do you think is the better player over the extent of what's left of their careers? Jordan Clarkson or Isaiah Thomas? I'm still going to bet on Isaiah. I think that eventually, if he gets healthy again, like there, he's just he's just better than Clarkson. How old do you think Isaiah Thomas is? It's a good question. Um, Twenty nine. He is. Whoop! That's the wrong Isaiah Thomas. It's <laughs> <laughs> like fifty six. No, he's, yeah, he's fifty six. <laughs> he's he's in great shape. He's twenty eight. And... Okay, so I was close. So Isaiah. Look, five foot three point guards on the other side of thirty don't have a great track record. It's, it doesn't. It didn't go very well for Muggsy Bogues. It didn't go very well for Earl Boykins. It didn't. It's. I don't think it's going to go very well for. for That's Isaiah. true. If he if he loses too much explosiveness, then like what makes him special is gone. So yeah. I, I get that, but you know, I'm still going to bet on the guy who is like. Not an MVP candidate last year, but like you know, a significant All Star. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I would probably lean towards Clarkson. I think Clarkson is both a better player now, and will be a better player moving forward. That's just because you're a homer. For once, I get called that on this show. Yeah, I'll well, it, it's it, it's like it, it, it's like John said in Vegas. You just hate Isaiah Thomas, and you're a hater and a loser. <laughs> As he punched the table. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll do it before we get ourselves in actual trouble. Uh, This was a fun episode. We'll be back at it again 
uh, tomorrow. Thanks, Harrison, for, for jumping on. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As always, find the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, where Harrison writes, Lakers Outsiders, where I write. Harrison is at HM Fagan on Twitter. I am at Anthony Irwin LA on Twitter. Uh, thanks everybody for help for helping jumping in on those drafts today too. We'll see how we'll see how those go tonight. Maybe a winner will get a shout out tomorrow.